Good day, everyone. It's uh, Aussie Techheads, 525. It's the 9th of March, 2017. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you for asking. It's uh, Don't forget the AussieTechRadio.com. Get it on the TuneIn Radio app. Just jump on uh, any device you like, the iPhone, the iPad, or the Android, the Windows, the Mac, whatever you like. Probably even the Pixel, Chrome, nah, maybe not the Chrome Pixel. All right, so just tune up, uh, search up Aussie Tech Radio. You'll find it wall-to-wall, uh, 24-7, so that's all good. Don't forget the Facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech tech heads youtube.com slash aussie tech heads and we are brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au if you need some web hosting space for your business or a blog or whatever you just want to have a play with it we do emails we do everything uh just uh, athwebhosting.com.au send me a message if you get stuck uh you can follow us on twitter at glenn goodman at mr tomkinson or at aussie tech Heads, Aussie Tech News, and hashtag Oz Tech Heads. Oh, jeez, I'm doing a, doing the whole lot tonight. And all the other shows that are around, the Aussie Max Zone, the Obsidian Loft, the Old Fart Geeks, the Aussie Tech Security, wowzers, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. And uh, look, this week we, uh, we're going to talk to someone we haven't spoke to for a couple of weeks. And, and maybe, by all this dinging that's going on, maybe someone else. But let's have a look and see who is on the other side of the computer screen. It's William. Hello, Will. Hey, mate, how are you? Good, thanks. What's happening? Uh, anyone want to buy a cheap and nasty Shaw microphone that's worth a thousand bucks that doesn't work properly? No, <laughs> no, pretty much. Not if it doesn't work. Hmm. How, how is it that everything works perfectly and then you just come home and nothing works? Like, it's not like just, you've done anything. No, that's just the law <laughs> of the, the technology. That's just how it goes. Now, we've got. I went through like. Five XLR cables and two separate microphones, and it's still not working properly. Well, you see, we know you must have a lot of stuff there because I wouldn't have five XLR cables to go through to try it out. I'd have to, I'd have to say, hold the show. I've got to go to uh, J Car. I'll come back in two days. <laughs> go to J Car to buy an XLR cable is your first problem. Well, wherever you're buying from, the eBay's, the eBay's, or wherever. Now, will let's let's follow up on what's going on on with you and your your. Um, Impending avalanche of rainwater. Has have you dried out? Yeah, yeah. We actually haven't had any rain since then. Um, but you dry? Well, nothing to speak of anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's okay. We've got we've got everything replaced. We got uh, um, we got all our phones replaced. So we've got Note uh, Note fives now. Oh yeah, sweet, sweet. We got a new laptop and monitors and stuff. Right, oh, nice. Now, um, look, I can see another little face down there. Now, let me just cue that little face up. We'll just go back to here. We'll go to here. We'll go to there. And we'll go like this. No, we it's won't. All right, we'll cut this bit out. Now, <laughs> we're, we're going to get Will to introduce this person in a minute. Because Will knows, Will knows all about him. All right. <laughs> okay. Will, can we... Can we hear Hang him? Hang on. No. We can't hear him. Well, welcome to a Zoom that doesn't work when you want it to. All right. So let me just talk amongst myself for a minute. Uh, don't forget, <laughs> I, I can talk to you about the Castaway Awards. They're coming up on the 1st of April in Sydney, Australia's first ever uh, podcast awards. And I will wow. be going with Michael from the Aussie Max Zone. So uh, yeah, I don't you know it's going to be a good night. Apparently, it's uh, yeah, got all the, the got some food, got some drinks, and 
some good company, so that should be good. So, we, so we're going to go down there. I think the uh, voting's still open for castawayawards.com.au forward slash vote. Uh, that's for the public choice or whatever you want to call it, awards. Um, and there's only one well, one winner out of all categories, so uh, <laughs> don't hold out much over there. But anyway, that's what it is. Now, um, how are we going over there, Will? Uh, should be good as soon as Luke puts his earphones on. Should be able to actually hear us. All right. <laughs> I can hear you guys now. I'm. Uh, it's just uh, going to be coming back. Is it coming back through my mic? Very little. You're fine. It sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I've got to press a dial up. Annoyingly not set up properly sounds better than us set up properly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you to Personas uh, Positions Garage. <laughs> I'll tell you that that Hang microphone on, does yeah. sound really nice. Thank you. It's more than my car. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's got a nice. Right, uh, I'm going to check this. Check some my head. Hang on. I don't, I don't know what the correct terminology is, but uh, would it be? It's got a lovely timber. Would that be the correct timber? 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 Yeah. Timber. Well, actually, if anybody's looking for the personas, please. Um, personas endorses me. This is the first time I've ever used one of these, but I literally, even for a five hundred dollar unit, it is dialed up to eleven the whole way to get any noise out of this mic. Right. FYI. Right. right. So definitely, you definitely, definitely need to get it in there and uh, if you can find electro voice not to dish sure i love sure but if you can find electro voice in this country apparently they do not have that problem mm. i've got a little pre-sonus sitting here that i use it's oh, a, yeah. i don't know what it's, it's a pre-sonus mobile or something i can't see it's right. actually not it's turned away from me i can't actually see the brand or the model oh is that the but, that's the small one yeah the firewire one or blue, uh, yeah firewire one yeah yeah, yeah that's pretty cool so it goes all right but um all right will do you want to introduce luke and tell us What's going on? All right, guys. So if everything goes according to plan, you'll be seeing more of Luke in the future on the show and his own. He'll be starting his own uh, podcast or two in the near future. Um, basically, I'll let him you know, spruik himself. Basically, um, if things go according to plan, there'll be musicians and a lot of people talking some very interesting subjects. Um, and he might even be ringing on some of the shows. He's a bit of a Mac fanboy, although after the weekend, I'm not so sure if that's true anymore. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 let, I'll let him um, sort of give him a quick intro on, on, on who he is and what he does and what he's about. All right. Uh, Thanks for that, Will. Away, <clears throat> well, actually, um, Will dialed in just about half an hour ago and asked me to come and join you guys. I know about you guys. Um, Will has said nothing but kind things about you for a long time. I can't have my... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pays the mortgage. <laughs> Look, um, I'm my, my back background is um, well, at least 18 years uh, in the music industry. Uh, however, my little known fact, my education is in journalism. So um, nice. I lost my health a few years ago and uh, sort of had to get off the road in a big way. Mm. The way to sort of turn that around is um, agency and, and basically uh, festival programming up here. We found a unique opportunity that uh, as the world's going nuts at the moment from Europe to mm. Trump to everything, 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 <laughs> Australia's a little bit behind the eight ball, I think, um, in a lot of uh, the big issues uh, in terms of people webcasting and sort of doing what I care about. Um, and rather than just getting the same old boring politicians on, we just want to tap some of the channels that are interesting to me, mm. um, maybe interesting to other people, which are, you know, artists, musicians, and get their thoughts on social issues. So there'll be two shows under the moniker of That Guy Media. Um, now there'll be Old Speak which anybody who's a George Orwell fan knows what that means. Anybody who doesn't know what that means, it's uh, the opposite of uh, Newspeak, 
but do your <laughs> right. homework. <laughs> the other, okay, that might be a good. That, oh, might have to Google yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and, and the others just soundcheck. So soundcheck is my uh, boutique agency, and soundcheck will just be musicians talking crap. Right, nice stuff. Well, I've, I've got to tell you again, that microphone just sounds great. Oh, that's the best one I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't know if it's the awesome. microphone envy, but I think there is now. There, there is now. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's obviously set up properly. I'm running a short. Right. I'm not running a cheap mic. I'm running a couple hundred dollar mic, and it's got nothing on that thing. Now, um, where, whereabouts are you located, Luke? Uh, Sunshine Coast now, yeah. So right. uh, from from Melbourne to Sunshine Coast. Oh, what a change in uh, weather. And uh, what sort of internets have you got up there where you are? I guess it's ADSL. <laughs> I'm blessed with um, with uh, 140 NBN um, where I am. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. I didn't know yeah, yeah. did go up that far. NBN went up that far. Was <laughs> that's, that's right. Good. And uh, so. I was the first one to get that, and I'm now the last one to have it. What's going on? <laughs> well, I'm yeah. St- well, I'm still down stuck here on cable uh, on the Gold Coast. Oh, you so. your router doesn't restart itself every 12 minutes. Dings. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> Will said that you're a bit of a, a Mac boy. Uh, so you're uh, obviously Mac and Apple all the way? That's or? that's not entirely fair. Uh, better than that, uh, having uh, lived with us for many, many years. My first computer... But his description makes you a Mac fanboy by definition. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, see that? You can censor that later. <laughs> I I grew up, my, my okay, so my first conscious memory will, um, you know, being somewhere in my gene pool, which we can't actually please say under this moniker uh, uh, <laughs> uh my first my first memory was david Wallace and him uh when i was about two or three years of age playing uh, i can't remember what it was uh, on a commodore 64 right. and so uh my first serious computer was an amiga 500 um nice. while we used while we used all uh pcs at home um i i built and you know no is you know that 16 year old kid who capitalizes on paramedics and <laughs> other people who didn't know how the internet worked built yeah. pcs um uh, it wasn't until 2010 that pro tools uh, i had to use working out of sing sing didn't work as well on a pc as it did on a mac at the yeah. time yeah. um now it does uh i have no interest in mac other than the fact that <laughs> i probably have about Forty-five thousand dollars worth of apps in that ecosystem. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, yeah. No, no. Look, no. Don't get me. I love Mac. I love Mac. Don't get me wrong. But I love PCs too. I oh. wish PCs would do everything I want them to do. But yes, I think it's like yeah. a, a bit of a probably a hangover from the old days. But the Macs were always and probably always will be good at uh, like audio and more graphics than the than the PCs. And it's just course, it's. Yeah. Back in the day with the G4s and stuff like that, if you wanted a system off the shelf, video processing, audio processing, that mm. was it. You didn't have to touch it. That worked straight away every time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the Macs were good. Uh, but, the, yeah, the PC, I don't know, got my eye, I suppose. Uh, that was my first – well, no, my first computer was an Apple. It was an Apple IIc. If you can, well, if you, if wow! If yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. I, I bought one from a garage sale about ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. yeah. I'd say if you remember the Omega Five Hundred, you'd remember the Apple Two C. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a uh, Apple Lisa. Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> Predates the, the Mac Classic. Wasn't the actually Apple... the, the the best anecdote I, I ever had when I was working at Telstra many many moons ago? Um, a dude came in. He was a professional surgeon um, uh, in his sixties, and he walked in and he wanted to buy his first iphone 
right? And mm. I said, right, this is back in iPhone 3GS days. And uh, he said, it's nearly done its ghost. He wants to know if the iPhone can fax. I said, mm. right, why is this? And he pulls out of its pocket an Apple Newton. Oh, oh wow. Now, this, is, this is 2012. And yeah. this dude... Now, I had no idea. I had to go home and just research this stuff about the, um, like the open source community mm. that built everything for the Newton. I, I had no idea people still used them. No. Well, he's I, I, probably the only one. I don't, they probably all died. They're probably all yeah, dead yeah. by now. It yeah, yeah, we're talking about a multi, multi-millionaire uh, who just was obsessed with the Newton. No Palm Pilot, no Windows, no right. nothing right. had caught his attention in all that time. <laughs> Yeah, so, I was going to say, I had a customer coming the other day and he had a palm pilot. He's keeping all his notes on a palm pilot. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is up with people? <laughs> uh, well, I've gone mad, I tell you. Oh, I'll tell you what. Well, um, I don't yeah. know. Have you have you listened to the show before, Luke? Do you know what we... So, yeah. A couple of... I, I've watched some snippets from, from Will. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we, what we going to The topless do? ones. Oh, that was the other one. All right. Oh, that was the, that was the outtake. Oh, will you? Have, you have a, you have a, <laughs> dear idea. <laughs> we'll, Aussie we'll, tech heads gone wild. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll put. Maybe, that we should try that. Nothing else is paying the bills. We'll leave that show real for another day. Uh, now, so right. so we're right. gonna we, we'll just go through some tech stories that we uh, have sort of you know read through the week, and we thought we might be of interest to yep. have a bit of a chat about. So uh, yeah, feel right. free to chime in. Um, now, unlike, unlike Glenn, who's actually organised and has these stories ahead of time, as the show's going, I get mine. So I find that easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, it's like a face the music conference. Yeah. Mm. Well, he, 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 <laughs> my first story for this week is probably up everyone's alley, uh, considering that, say, I'm not, I know it's up Will's alley, and probably, Luke, it's up your alley with what you just told me about, my alley. about, <laughs> about where you're going. It's this with... precious. It's little it hasn't been up Will's alley. Yeah. yeah, with your podcast. But look, uh, through the week, probably the biggest story uh, in in the world, and probably for some time, is the WikiLeaks and the the releasing the CIA's secret treasure trove of hacking tools. Now, mm-hmm. if you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard, so WikiLeaks <laughs> claims that they that the CIA, in partnership with other US and foreign agents, has been able to bypass the encryption on popular messaging apps such as WhatsApp, Telegram and Signal by hacking phones uh, that use Google's Android platform to collect audio and message traffic before encryption is applied. Now, Mm -hmm. WikiLeaks has released something massive like 7,118 pages uh, with 943 attachments appears to represent the latest in a string of breaches in recent years of classified material from US US agencies. Uh, now, it's where is um, their re- re- routers or routers, however you want to say it, routers, the news agency, news people. The American or something. Could not immediately... Reuters, Reuters. Reuters, yes. is that how it is? Reuters. There's so many different ways. <laughs> yes. Here we go. <laughs> Reuters is a different branch of the media. <laughs> I will put my foot down on that one. Yeah, <laughs> maybe okay. I was thinking about those outtakes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Now, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Will's so, Alley, <laughs> Julian Assange, and WikiLeaks—they've dumped all this eight eight hundred thousand pages of how the CIA hacks things. And one of the the one one of the ones that came up uh, was the hacking of Samsung TVs, where they can be in a like like off mode but they are still, you know, hooked up to the internet, looking through the camera and recording your audio. So let's yeah. see, uh, Will, what, have you any comments on this? Is this a good idea? Is, does, 
does WikiLeaks, is it a good thing that WikiLeaks is able to do this? Oh, well, oh, the fact that WikiLeaks is doing it, yeah, absolutely. But I'm going to let Luke handle this one. He's going to be far more, um, far more. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Luke? Is, is WikiLeaks done the right You should have right given me the heads up on that, Will. Yeah. <laughs> um, do I think WikiLeaks has done the right thing? Absolutely, yeah. I do think WikiLeaks has done the right thing. The interesting thing about the Vault 7 uh, revelations is that we're kind of just, what these are really about, is we already know uh, new during uh, Snowden's uh, leaks that this was going on. Mm. The, the most alarming thing about Vault 7 is that it is now admitted that the CIA, who has no legal jurisdiction in the United States or any of its seven Axis partners, is using this domestically. Um, this technology uh, has basically come out of Israel a long, 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 long mm. time ago. People, People have being able to get base code of iOS, uh, Android. The fact that the CIA has it and what we know about the CIA is uh, it is become increasingly factional in the last couple of years, has released Vault, this Vault 7 information into the wild. Um, I think it's important to know. Look, where, where you stand on geopolitics and who the good guys are and bad guys are, that's an argument um, that we can have on another show. Hmm. The fact that we know that the CIA has essentially released this into the wild um, uh, is terrifying because we have, you know, foreign domestic mm. yeah. uh, people, access, uh, you know, Telegram is, has been an, an incredible messenger app that most of us have used because done the right way through a VPN, you've got 768-bit encryption right there. But that is meaningless if you're basically at base level. Yes. Access I think- to a device. Yeah, look, I think everyone, oh, I think everyone agrees that yeah, it's good to know that the government can get into phones to spy on the bad people. But if they're spying on the bad people, they also can be spying on me and you. And does that that's yeah. where does it sit well with say me that uh, mm. that I know that this can happen? I suppose if you come from the point of view, well, it's for the greater good. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like sitting in front of a Samsung TV, why would they want to be? you know, uh, recording me, I've got no idea. But yeah. I don't know. Do you think that this – what do you think of the privacy aspect of this for the, the normal person? Should, should the government be able to do this in your view, like to actually hijack your devices and, and, and infiltrate your personal private space? Absolutely I mean, not. It's mm. how, yeah, the, the fact that, you know – you only have to go back a few months. That story was saying that uh, a guy got his um, got his one of the criminals got his iPhone taken off him, and then the FBI wanted Apple to unlock his phone. Um, and remember when I said that they've actually probably already done it. They yeah. just want to get it done legally so that they can use the evidence. And then a week later, they miraculously had this phone unlocked and found all this information on it. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean. In, in a way, over the last few years, they've kind of been saying that they're doing it. I mean, look at the Google, um, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, the, you can go onto your phone, you can look at every single data point where you've been the last five years on your phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. like all That's this crazy. stuff is here and, and there's a reason all this stuff is here and it's not for our benefit. It just happens that we have access to it. But so, all this stuff mm-hmm. is available. If it's available to us, it's been available to other people for a lot longer. Mm. And I think another of the problems that they're saying is that the CIA or whatever, they've identified all these zero-day exploits which they've kept to themselves. 
And uh, so they weren't telling anyone about them and they were just, you know, hacking away uh, using all these exploits. But um, I, I guess that the thing is that if, if the CIA can find these exploits, well, other governments and other agencies can find the same exploits as well. And so everyone's just mm. hacking into everything. You don't know what's going on. So is the answer just, uh, you know, do it just to secure everything up, if, if, that, if possible, secure it all up mm. and uh, let, let everyone be private and... You know that the bad guys do what they have to do, and you know will it will will it all turn out all right? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. It's very it's a vexing question, isn't it? So what I mean, to at do? what point does it become? At what point? I mean, the definition of privacy used to be, um, you know, if there's an expectation of privacy. So basically, if you're in your backyard, that was considered private. If you had a six foot fence around it, mm. if you're in your front yard with no fence, that's not private because it's held from public. And then it became, okay, if the ones are open in the house, you can see in, well, okay, that's not public either. And then it became, well, if someone else can hear your phone call, that's not public. And then it was, well, as long as yeah. one person in the room knows it's being recorded, yeah, that's will. not So at what point does it, yeah, at what point does it, you know, when, yeah. does it stop? Sorry, are you, are you there? Okay, yeah. sorry, I just dropped out, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I think Edward, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a libertarian, so I, I don't believe that... Um, the government, which is always fluid in a democratic sense, has, has the right to invade privacy. Mm. Um, you know, the whole argument that uh, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear was attributed to Joseph Goebbels, right? And that's, that's the common argument about that, that most people use. Um, in the war against terror, therefore, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to fear. Well, mm. Edward Snowden summed it up best when he said, uh, that's the argument that if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear is like you saying, um, uh, what, what was the comment? Um, I, don't, I don't care about privacy because I have nothing to hide. It's yeah. like I don't care about free speech mm. because I have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's basically where you go when you do away with... Um, privacy is about protecting your own rights mm. to what you own in your own home your own freedom of speech. And one of the things that we've seen, particularly in Europe uh, at the moment, uh, with people criticising, say, mass immigration, um, they call them Syrian refugees. Most of these people aren't from Syria. They're not, you know, this, and, and we've had a massive problem over there because of, you know, uh, Cologne, the rape capital of the world and, and things like that. This massive influx, uh, any, any media organization who's actually started speaking out and saying, hey, you know, in our town of 10,000 people, we've taken in 48,000 refugees. We can't economically sustain this. Mm. The EU is fining them, charging them, calling it hate speech. And while that's a whole other conversation, Mm. what has happened is the whole privacy war has made people self-censor. So when it comes to dealing with any, any sensitive topic, I have a lot of colleagues who would only go through Telegram, only go through PGP, only mm. go through any other channel on quite benign things on whether or not we think Turnbull profited too much from dot, right. dot, dot. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. And, and so when there is no right to privacy, people within a generation self-censor and the conversation disappears entirely. Mm. But it wouldn't be the fact... Democratically. But it wouldn't be the, the fact that, you know, if, you, if you're seen to speak out against some of the issues that are around these days, that... Uh, you know, like, I don't know, you've seen in the US, you've seen just people screaming at the top of their lungs <laughs> because they just yeah, disagree. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, is it just because you don't want to say anything because you just don't want that on your front door, you know? So you just, you just, you, they've silenced yeah. you by, by being 
dickheads by you know, and um, because you just don't want the the rubbish on your front doorstep. So you go, okay, well, it doesn't have to be said by me. I'll let someone else do it. It comes it comes back to the whole the whole ideology and whether or not you believe that. Uh, I mean, socialism, for example, implies utopianism. So, if you believe that by legislation or by education they somehow become a panacea. I just had this debate yesterday, actually. They somehow become a panacea for social ills. You know, more education equals, you know, mm. more. Well, we've seen that proven wrong again and again and again and again in only recent history, okay? Mm. So if you believe people are basically good and are basically going to behave, yeah. therefore legislation yeah. will fix these problems um, with technology, mm. the right to privacy, on and on, um, then that informs your whole discussion on whether or not this is acceptable behavior to yeah. hack everybody's device indiscriminately yeah if you believe that people are basically not so good but we can still work together anyway uh if we have the right to speak and, and converse about issues um that's a libertarian model and it really goes back to the root of whoever's making these decisions the cia however is the biggest news story in this vault yes. I, I believe because yeah. we know we know from legislation since uh, the OSS became the CIA, they have been constitutionally directed not to, unlike the NSA, act within domestic soil. And this has proven that they have been. And that that's the biggest news story to come out of this, I think. Mm. Yeah, so look, there's a, there's a bit of light reading if you want to go to the WikiLeaks and have a look <laughs> at it. <laughs> um, totally searchable. I think Julian's done a great a great, uh, great job. Now, um, let's get on to something. And makes even old. less friends today than yesterday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how five years ago when you'd mentioned WikiLeaks, everybody would jump on you and say it's, it's the worst person to ever happen. And isn't it funny how regardless of publicity or regardless of media regardless people are slowly figuring out that maybe he's not as bad as we thought he was well i know i know they've been um ken and snowden they're going oh well, at least he's not as bad as snowden so. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. that can be true about any politician yeah. uh all right let's um yeah i think is that is that something like the conversations that you're having on one of your podcasts luke oh Things most like that? likely that, that, that's the abridged version <laughs> okay, uh, look I, I'm very I, I'm very passionate about it. look okay look the debate I had um, only just recently on this very thing was about journalism mm. in and of itself and and people have conflated the idea of journalism and media and mm. uh, it takes 20 seconds to realize they're not one and the same thing journalism has been a fight for the best part of 500 years mm. to hold power to account okay mm. yeah media is by nature corporate uh, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that um, I'm I don't. I hate corporatism, but I'm in favour of capitalism, right? Yeah. Uh, I have no problem with that. But when you conflate the idea that they're one and the same thing, people have issue. If you don't have the right to speak about anything, hence eighteen C and things like mm. that in Australia, you know, yeah. um, uh, somebody else pulls the strings on 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 social policy. Somebody else, That's you right. know, we had this sign actually recently where we live. Uh, and I'm going to get myself in big trouble because they're a business partner. But they said, you know, if you're an Islamophobic, you're a homophobic, you're a, a, a racist, you're a this, you're a that, you're the other, or, an, or just a general asshole, you're not welcome. Yeah, right. And I, <laughs> I looked at that and I thought, okay, so 58% of people in this country currently don't agree with uh, gay marriage being institutionalized. Mm. Wherever you believe that is the case, over half the country still says, uh, not yet, yep. thanks. Yeah. That makes people is that makes people homophobic to say so. 
you know, mm. most of my friends in the music industry who are the best operators in production are gay. They're good. They're, they're close friends of mine. And I hate that maxim, but the reality is in a democracy, if over half of those people who still love their gay sisters, brothers, friends, yeah, don't want to institutionalize. So when you mm. start playing with language like yeah. that, look at the Sapper-Whorf hypothesis. And I think the Sapper-Whorf hypothesis explains everything about WikiLeaks versus the world at the moment. Well, I might, I might have to write that one down and Google that term too. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, Will? Yeah. All right. Let's I'm just going to hit mute for the next hour. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's, Sorry. Uh, let's, uh, let's get into uh, something a bit lighter then. Uh, Will, have you got anything that you found through the week? You want lighter. Okay. Lawyer's pants catch fire. Who? Whose pants? A lawyer's pants catch oh. fire during an arson trial. What? All right. Uh, basically, um, a Miami courtroom, this is a quick story. A Miami courtroom Wednesday, there was um, Stephen Gulleritz was presenting his closing argument in an arson trial when his pants caught fire. Witnesses told the Herald that Gulleritz had been fiddling in his pocket as he defended his client against charges he deliberately set his car on fire. The courtroom was cleared and Gullitz returned apparently unharmed and insisted that it was not a stunt but a genuine case of spontaneous combustion caused by an e-cigarette. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh. So basically, yeah, was, I mean, how, how is that? Your lawyer who's defending you from burning something down burns his pants down. I mean, come on. I mean, what chances? Wendy, can I, um, can I <laughs> do redo here? Like, <laughs> so wouldn't the, pro- wouldn't the prosecutor just look over and go, liar, liar, pants on fire? <laughs> <laughs> Judge goes, fair call. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> yeah. Another strike against technology and e-cigs. It should have, should have been on the analogs. Should have That's been on right. the analogs. Now the um, um, yeah. Have you finished? Sorry, Will. You finished? Yeah, yeah. Right. I was going to say that was, that was a quick story. I just happened to find when you said something lighter. It was just ironic. Was, um, yes, go lighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, my, Mr. Methane Mark II. Oh no, is he still around? <laughs> Yeah, he's still going. I saw him on some show the other night. No way. I'm sure you did. It's on, it's on um, like not America Got Talent, but one of those spin-off shows. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I showed it to my kids. Whether whether or not you agree or disagree, oh. we'll show it to me, they your kids. They couldn't get enough oh. of it. And they just YouTube the hell out of it. It's actually a really interesting story if you if you actually learn about what he does. It, it's effective. I know what he does. It's not it's not methane. It's not actual passing wind. It's it's literally breathing through his anus. <laughs> right. If you actually look up. He, he he accidentally did it. He used to do yoga. He accidentally did it during a yoga session one day, and he thought it was fun to do. So he learned how and perfected the. Some are born methanists, some achieve <laughs> methane. <laughs> you've, you've gone right into it, Will. That's horrible. Uh, I, I saw an interview of some random. This is what he does. Yes. I, don't he... Know. I don't know. I don't even know where I saw it. it just, and it's stuck in my mind ever since. That's the only thing I can tell you about the interview. I can't tell you anything else. <laughs> you, you, might, you might have to be a, a biographer. Go Start off with Mr. Methane. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But look, all of his videos are probably this all... This is what Will does. It's just like, do you know the seven main ingredients to belly button lint? I'll tell you. <laughs> and, and he'll tell you. Like, <laughs> 11 herbs and spices. Now, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. I need to do it right. All those videos are probably up on the Amazon cloud. And as as last week, you would have heard that, that the, the Amazon, one of the main 
parts of the Amazon cloud came down, one over in West Virginia or somewhere over in the US. Uh, so, look, everything was pretty tight-lipped until recently. And, look, the, it's come out that it was caused by human error. So the score, the, right. yes, the, the, they revealed in a blog post that a large number of servers were accidentally removed while debugging a problem in the billing system for the S3 service when an employee entered an incorrect input during maintenance. <laughs> there you go. He's like, if one line of code makes an entire server room come down, I think you need to rethink your code. The employee, we, oh. the employee was attempting to execute a command that would remove a small set of servers for one of the S3 subsystems but caused more servers than intended to be removed. Now, support for other the other support for two other S3 subsystems were inadvertently removed, one of which was the index subsystem that manages the metadata and location information of all S3 objects in the region. So that's why it all fell custard. <laughs> now, to further exacerbate the problem, the Amazon had not done a full restart of the index and replacement subsystem in several years. So leading, leading the restart process to take longer than expected. So that's... Uh... So basically, somebody typed uh, format slash MBR. But how is it they haven't rebooted password for, password yeah. one password one two three ah yeah <laughs> well wasn't it oh, going back to um the wikileaks wasn't it that podesta's email he got caught <sighs> in a phishing scam or whatever because his gmail password was password or something it was just something uh it was similar similar to that yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was it was something ridiculous password with a, with fives instead of s's it was yeah just something like one diction one dictionary hack would have been over in five <laughs> seconds yeah that's right so crazy uh, it's amazing so look you'd be good to and and happy to know that amazon has safeguards now to prevent the same blunder which has been called from happening again including notifications to stop too much capacity from being removed too quickly so that's good yeah, right that's- they did it easy this time. They just left the floppies in the drive so they're ready this time. Yeah. <laughs> what I found the most astounding thing was just they hadn't. They don't reboot these things. Well, like, technically, servers don't go down. Like a, a well-run server will have years on runtime. Yeah. They, they, once they're established and set up and working, everything's hot swappable. Power supplies, hard drives, memory chips—they're all hot swappable. The system doesn't need to be brought down. The only time they'll come down is a situation like that where someone does it, or like a motherboard failure. That's about the only time a system, a, a major server, will ever come down. Mm. Well, that's good in a way. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now just it, 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 people think, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, look. Let's not get into hybrid cars and like driverless cars yet. Then, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. It's like that. Where was that? Um, where was that? That failure? Uh, the nuclear? The Pentagon was still trying to address the eight-inch floppy drive problem. Oh in yes. the middle of last year, and the nuclear launch. You know, yeah. and mm. you go, I just brought up space cowboys in my head. You know, it's like, <laughs> we need to launch now, yes. now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what do we that? have from 1968? Yeah. Look, yeah. I remember when I used to work at a bank, we had those, the servers that sat out the back and, um, and it had mm. just the big eight-inch floppies. And I remember mm. looking mm-hmm. at them just going, oh, my God. Because on the desktop we had the five and a quarters, but there, these things mm. were still the eight-inch. I'm thinking, that's just mental. But anyway. There's 600K of data you'll never see again. <laughs> that's right. Now, um, oh my gosh. Premier League. Now this this is one up your rally. Another one will. Premier League has uh, gets Cody piracy court order. Now the Premier League, if you don't know, is what English soccer league, isn't it? English soccer competition. 
Now, this yeah. order, so we all know what Cody is. We've been banging on about Cody for a little while because I think a lot, the last couple of weeks we've been doing stories about the Cody boxes people have been selling on eBay and all that sort of stuff. Uh, although Cody's not illegal in itself, but when you start putting on all the add-ons that start streaming the TV shows and the TV stations, that's when mm-hmm, it becomes mm-hmm. illegal. And they were selling these boxes with the illegal add-ons and that was the issue. So the order gives the league the means to have computer servers used to power the streams blocked. So that's probably a, a big thing uh, for, for, the, for the league anyway. And I guess like yeah. if that is successful to some degree, you'll probably find that maybe other servers might get blocked. But I still it's go back to my original... Yeah, my original thing is that you're not going to stop it. Like, okay, so the servers get blocked, but they'll pop up on another server or they'll pop up under different names or, or whatever. You're just not going to get there. That, that, that's, most of that sort of stuff isn't uh, server hosted anyway. <coughs> most of it's P2P. Well, when you're talking live streaming, it doesn't mm. have time to be server hosted. It's, it's done live feeds. Mm. Um, I mean, there is server hosted content, obviously, but not, not live stuff. Mm. Well, uh, it's the same, like, they're saying 11% of Brits admittedly watched pirated streams and said that they did so via a Cody box, which, and the confusion about whether or not it's legal. But you, there's another story I was, I was going to do earlier, but I'll lead into it now, and it says that um, over 85% of Russians who answered the survey said they don't think pirating is illegal, and 60% found no dilemma while making the talking pirated content. Yeah. So, um and then the big contrast to other global residents, Latin America and Asia Pacific, where 52% that they would stop watching pirated content after finding out it was illegal here, right? Um, so it's, uh. it's interesting. So the definition of piracy and the def- well, definition of piracy is wrong to start with, but the definition of what is illegal and what's legal is, I guess, dependent on what your concept of of the, the content is in the first place, you know. Well, what what's your take on it, Luke? So I see that you're a muso or whatever. Um, should the, should your songs be protected? Do you want them out there freely available? Or do you want to get paid for them? I think that's one of the biggest misnomers of of um, oh, how do how do I make this short form? I'm heavily invested in this because my my um, career and my signing took off in the early 2000s, right? And that's when the Napster War was sort of like that's that's where i started getting serious mm. and that well, if it stuff. wasn't for if it wasn't for the fall of the RAAA and other organizations losing that war because they were so retarded mm-hmm. um to adopt new technology mp3 codex on and on and on um there would be no access today so once upon a time if you wanted to press a cd mm. right you basically got in the line you got through decks you got through that you got through the line and by by design a lot of these pressing houses as an independent musician were tied up until you had the permission to get your cd printed unless you wanted to sit there with a single spin and burn (laughs) one by one and print bubble jet you know what i mean yeah like if you wanted if you wanted that sort of stuff studios were the same um the technology wasn't quite there until about 2010 to 2012 to really do anything super meaningful in terms of a home music studio, right? Um, mm. If it wasn't for the fall of some of these big seven, we wouldn't have the healthiest middle class of music professionals uh, since the 1930s and 40s, right? This is, right. This is just reality. Yeah. Okay, so copyright has always been fluid. Mm. Um, the legislation of copyright has always been fluid. And one of the biggest problems with this whole debate 
is people are still appealing to 1968 torts to defend their intellectual property. Mm. Um, Hence, open source, you know, began, you know, and and hence hence all of these other movies. One of the best books um, on the subject of just particularly in the music stream, but it, it... talks about copyright in general was that how music got free by Stephen uh, what's his name Ste- Stephen Witt yeah it's it's on yeah. um audible as well yeah right, and yeah. he basically just goes through the development of audio technology into who the players were who 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 rise who rose and who fell mm. when it came to the copyright argument so you're never going to stop it just because no. we can do a lot faster what we use every single time we have you know people trying to pipeline bloody torrent service in australia yeah if you look at the recent history of the say two dozen major cases that have happened since the late 90s on this sort of thing Mm. they've only been test cases to sort of just put a little bit of fear and loathing in their general population yeah um i was talking to the head of crime prevention for the vic police about four years ago on this very topic of like selfie sharing you know teens sharing naked selfies on each other oh yeah, yeah and and, 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 you know, what's the way to stop it? And again, oh. the whole argument was we can only really put fear and loathing into these kids. Mm. We can make ridiculous laws like putting them on pedophile registers at the age of 14 because, you know, oh, uh, yeah, there's no way to stop it, right? So but, it's yeah. a moral argument. So, so that was like yeah. you mean like so, the, so kids, what, 12 or whatever, taking selfies and put mm. what uh, naked ones I imagine and sending them to their 12 or 14 year old boyfriends and things like that it's disgusting yeah. it's horrible it's never happened in human history but but it's not disgusting you to can the, do about it but it's not disgusting or whatever to the 12 year old no 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 it's it's not and in this disgusting um it's uh faux celebrity culture i mean that's what they were trained was valuable since Disney Channel mm. began, you know. I mean, it's it's sad, but it's just reality. So um, yeah. yeah, but getting back to the like the actual say so the music. So so the music is right. is copyrighted, or, yep. or or the TV show or the content's copyrighted mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. so so you would you want to sell your music, right? So so you you wouldn't give it away for free. Okay, here's one anecdote, and this is not going to be for the rest of my career. Um, okay, <laughs> I had an argument with them manager once upon a time okay um that's all i'll say well okay there was a particular gig i played and i had a man come up to me uh with his two daughters and Mm. he wanted me to sign the back of a coaster yeah and uh he was so embarrassed so embarrassed they look well to do but he was just so embarrassed and i i said look um have you got a cd he said sorry and i took him aside and i'm talking he said my wife and my daughter's biggest fans i just love what you guys do and we just thank you so much um we actually got these tickets to come here she couldn't be nice. here tonight because she's going through chemo okay oh, yeah, and right. uh, she's having a bad day yeah. and i thought oh my gosh i reached behind myself i pulled out i owned them right yeah. i pulled out three cds i signed one each yeah. okay and uh, i gave them to him he burst into tears and gave me mm-hmm. a hug up mm-hmm. until um uh, what january i still get maybe every three months i still get an email from that family she survived cancer they're oh, doing yeah. well blah 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 yeah. i had an argument yeah. with my manager and he said how dare you i said i own them i bought them i own the copyright mm. i own intellectual property i own everything that you see here i paid for yeah. it's my right to do whatever i want with them yeah, yeah. and he oh, oh, off in a half oh you've you've, you've basically missed 60 bucks or whatever it was i don't care and uh and i couldn't believe it so at about 2 a.m the next morning Mm. i uploaded to the pirate bay and ip torrents 
this that just had not been released yet. Okay, right, the right. Uh, this particular EP I uploaded mm. just to slide in, not in MP3 format at, at 160, in FLAC, Wave, and MP3. Oh, you sweet. can get it anywhere you wanted. Yeah, right. About a month later, when the metrics came in on my website, so we had about 104,000 people a month to check into the website. Yeah. 76% of them mm. were from Japan and, and South oh. Korea. Yeah, right. Now, right. no record label in the world would have paid the money to try mm. and break an independently, mm. relatively medium-term pop artist into Asia at that point. Yeah. But I got a whole audience in a place, which all I care about is that my music gets heard, right? Yes. You know, yes. You can, I'm, I'm never going to stop it getting pirated. Mm, that's right. And, you know, but do you think- I, I'm never going to stop that. So, yes, I do think people should have their intellectual property protected in an ideal world, right? Um, but I do see people who use Patreon make yes. a shitload more money. Yep. I see people who say, don't give it away, donate whatever you can, but for God's sake, tell your friends, because this is you telling your friends mm. is really the only way I ever make any money. That's right. Yeah. And, and I suppose like the, the, the model, the, the, you know, the model has to change or it, it is changing. So like you're not making the money out of the actual downloads or the, the sales per song or whatever, but you know, you know, these days you might make, make a bit of money on the Spotify, you know, per play. Or as you said, you know, uh-huh. you, you, you might make it, say you break into the Japan market or whatever, well then all of a sudden you might have a little tour or a couple of gigs over there and you, and you make yeah. the money that way um, rather yeah. than, you know, there must be other ways. And so, so with the, say, visual content, uh, you know, is, mm. is it product placement that's going to be the way forward and, and things like this, like, yeah, okay, content's free, uh, yeah. but... We, you know, you're just going to have little uh, Sony tech in all every scene, like James Bond, Sony watches, Sony TV. But Sony that's it. Thing. I mean, this is what Will I Am uh, was talking about. I used to think he was a fool. I didn't realize how brilliant <laughs> the guy was until a couple good. of years ago. Mm. Yeah, he's brilliant. And, mm. and he's talking about, he said, okay, so we went to RCA because they were selling, was, I think it was RCA, because they were selling sheet music and phonographs. And basically they were the ones who owned the record industry back in the beginning. Yeah. He said, why didn't we go to Cadillac? because there was AM radios and Cadillacs. Mm. He said, and until people realize that this is just your moniker to sell product, right? Because mm. that's all music's ever been. But, you know, that's mm. all, that's all the, the only way to make music is to sell merchandise, you know, yes. is to sell it in some format. And yep. it doesn't matter if it's Maybelline, mm. T-shirts, or, um, you know, on one conference i was at recently i said uh, the last most expensive record that was ever sold was uh oh, sorry made i think was uh, welcome to the black parade by my mm. chemical romance right, right you know it was an ungodly amount of millions in production yeah. but the irony the, the, the good thing about that album was some people bought it for the music mm. some people bought it for the culture that it created some people bought it because of the incredible artwork in it right. some people bought it because it was um because it was popular right yeah. Uh, everybody bought it for a different reason. And that's the same reason why people decide to go to the corner burger joint over McDonald's. Mm, Everybody's got a different motivation. But if if you're trying to pipe copyright through any one channel and expect people to keep... That, that the world's over. Thank you, internet, right? Yeah. Look, as, the, as you say, look, it's not going to stop anyone from doing it anyway. Like, because I remember before the internet was out, you know, like yep. me and my group, we used to just pass hard drives around. So you go and, you know, everyone would go and hire a movie from a, the movie, the video shop or whatever, crap mm-hmm. it onto a hard drive and then, and then you know, you had enough people doing all this and every, every month you'd get a 200 gig hard drive full of movies. 
you couldn't keep up with them yeah. all. So it's never going to stop. Like internet, no internet, it's just never going to stop. If you if you listen to how music got free to, you're going to listen to how the record labels fail constantly, yeah. how the big picture companies fail constantly, and they make bad decisions, right? Like two hundred and fifty thousand dollar photo shoot that I know one person I know quite well actually had done in the US. They ended mm. up using an iPhone photo shoot on the album because you know these decisions are made all the time and the reality of um copyright versus just genuine respect if you don't like somebody's music or product you're not going to pay for it if you do and you've got the money you're going to pay for it and i'm not yeah. saying that's the way it should be it's just is and mm. always will be and if, if things are another factor is if things are, are cheap enough like you know songs say now on itunes what for a dollar 20 or whatever they are yeah so it's cheap enough to buy them like why would you bother you know, trawling through the internet for two hours looking for stuff to download by via torrent. When you just go a dollar twenty, bang, and there you go. Again, again, though, because a lot of this stuff doesn't like the artists who make the most money now. Look, look at Amanda Palmer, and if you haven't read it, everybody out there, one of the biggest revelations I've ever seen is the Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. If you read that book, we'll get the Audible version. Mm. I mean, the most successful crowdfunding campaign ever off the back of, I think, 30,000 people. I right. think it was something like 30,000 people. You know, one point something million dollars for an album. And yeah, yeah. she had no idea. She needed she needed like a quarter of that or something to make this album with yeah. Ben Fold. And it was just simply she asked. Right. And yeah. too many people, too many people want to look cool. They want to look funky. They want to look sexy. They want to look all this stuff, which costs a lot of money. Let me tell you. <laughs> right. Yeah. They Depends don't where you start want to just, but yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, fame costs money. Mm. And that one of the biggest and best things about, um, hold on to your copyright wherever you can, because you make the decision where you want to use it for number one is my, advice to everyone but number two is it just it's just one of those commodities that um uh, that uh, will never go away you might be yeah it doesn't matter if it's hum v or it doesn't matter mm. the, the the ones who make the most money make them on patreon they make yep. it from their fan base they make it selling you know 300 dollars worth of product which is two t-shirts a show and a cd right yes, yeah yeah, they make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year or five hundred people. Right, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. I mean, there's a class like YouTube's a classic example. I watch a lot of YouTube videos, and I always turn. That's the only website I've got my ad blocker off is YouTube. So they do get some money from that. However, there's some YouTubers who I'm actually signed up as a Patreon for theirs because it's only a couple of bucks a month. But the thing is, that's my way of showing I really appreciate what you do. <laughs> I keep doing it, and, and thanks for, the, for thanks for the effort. Having said that, there's, um, uh, I know Luke hates this analogy, but I know it because I remember reading the, the, the thing about it. Um, okay, go. Make some fantastic film clips and fantastic songs. They're just good fun, good value to watch. They were with Sony and they wanted to do all this stuff. And Sony said, we can't do it. We don't, we're not in a position to do that. So Sony actually released them from their contract. They did what they wanted to do. They did it on YouTube. And you look at their videos, there's millions and millions of hits on all of their videos that would never have happened if they, if they had a stack with Sony. Um, and the other example is Home Free. Um, they tour, but every time they've got a Patreon account, every time they hit X amount of dollars, whatever it is by all those subscribers, I can't think $5,000 or whatever it is off the top of my head, mm. they write and release another song. That's their... 
add to their value add to their subscribers. Mm. Subscribers thank them for the effort of making the last song. Here's some more money. Cool, we'll make another song. You know, and and that's the way. That's seems yeah. to be coming more and more of a, a way of doing things. Mm. Well, it comes back down to product. At the end of the day, like one of the one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was, it's just product. You know, like. So I'm pouring my heart and soul and bleeding every vein into this lyric. And <laughs> no, it's just product. And because the reality is if, if it doesn't sell, you, you might have your, like I have some of my favorite songs I've ever written. Right. And you know, I'm down here, but I've got some of my favorite songs that I've ever written and they're not the ones that people like. Right. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. and, and, and the reality is I wouldn't actually have ever got to make the songs I like. Mm. if People didn't pay for the ones I didn't like. And yeah, that's most that's right. musicians ever. Mm. But and, it, and, and writers. <laughs> yeah, yes. But uh, yeah. we'll just moving off uh, that topic like, pretty much completely. Uh, have you heard of these new lithium-ion batteries? That, uh, yes. Or new battery breakthrough, actually. It's by uh, John Goodenough. It, obviously the lithium battery that he, that he invented 57 years ago. Oh, no, when he was 57 wow. years, wasn't good enough. And he's invented uh, something else. At the age of 94, he's a professor at Cockrell School. WD94. <laughs> that the, he's a professor at the Cockrell School of Engineering in Texas, wow. Austin. Um, yeah, good enough. Has And senior research fellow Maria Helena Braga recently announced the development of an all-solid-state battery that beats lithium-ion oh. in every way imaginable. Cheap, longer life cycle, charges, discharges quickly, and best of all, non-combustible. He's going to get Samsung on the line. Uh, yeah, have you heard those ones, Will? Um, only I hadn't heard it was. I read about this a couple of years ago when they were developing, and I hadn't actually heard that it was. It was uh, a thing. I'm actually just reading it as, as we speak now. Basically, it uses it uses glass electrodes. That's interesting. So it's still a lithium base. It still uses a lithium uh, for the plates on with a liquid electrolyte, but it uses yeah, that's interesting. So it uses glass electrolytes instead of instead of liquid electrolytes. Um, so it the, works under works from under sixty degrees Celsius. It still functions at like ninety percent capacity. Okay, I'll have to do some more research in this, but that looks really interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that's going to be mass producible, um, which is what I'm reading in the article now. They're not sure how they could make it mainstream because the way it the way it's constructed is is quite tasking even for for robots. Mm. But uh, it looks like they're going to be using sodium instead of lithium, which obviously salt is, you know, everywhere. Um, so it's a little bit easier than lithium, which is like one of the rarest elements on Earth. Um, <laughs> so he's not doing too out. bad, though, bringing out the salt, an all-style state, state battery at 94. Good on him. Say, well, I mean, I've, known, I've heard of whispers of this, but... <laughs> He's not afraid of getting knocked off anymore. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I've heard of whispers of this for six or eight years. So he's been working on it for a while. Um, the last stumbling block I heard was that they they could make them like a certain size, but they couldn't make them fit any of the existing technology. Oh, yeah, so right. they could, I mean, that could be an issue if it doesn't fit into any of the, you know, the 8650 molds or the double A or the triple A. You know, if it doesn't fit in the existing mold, it could be quite hard to get introduced as a thing because the laptop batteries, well, the AD650s, which are everywhere, Tesla, which I'll talk about later, Tesla power walls and the cars and all the AD650s that you see in 
everything from the vapes right through to you know whatever they're all originally started like as laptop batteries so mm-hmm. technologies and that cell size has been around for a lot of years so things have sort of got to the point where that's a commonplace well these guys need to figure out how to make their cell into that size but i think um i'm just looking at the photo i've got here uh and there's a picture of him sitting at his workbench and the desktop pc behind him is is running windows 98 oh <laughs> no way is it like a, is it like a current picture or is yeah, it like it's a current picture. yeah it was done taken the other day by the by, oh what was it week february 28th it was it was taken <laughs> Oh, I can't even. I can't see that to show you. I can't. I'll, I'll, if, I, if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, but <laughs> that's I'll, awesome. Just, just so people on the video can have a look at the old Mister Good Enough. There he is. There. Now, uh, look, Will. You better um better give us some other ones that you've got because we are running out of time. Oh, that's unusual. Who would have thought we'd fill the show with three stories? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I was. I was. I was worried we weren't going to get anywhere. But there you go. So, Everybody knows how everybody's blaming everybody for this outage in South Australia and Victoria power mm. outage. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's passing the buck and nobody's actually addressing the problem. Uh, and I should mention too, the people who aren't aware, Queensland and New South Wales would have also had the same problems if it wasn't the fact there were so many solar panels on the roof. The people who are feeding back into the grid were the only ones keeping the grid, the grid up during those really hot days when everyone had the air cons on. Um, that's another story. Uh, so basically Tesla said, look, we can solve your problem in 100 days within from being from the South Australia government asking us, which they haven't done, but this is the head of Tesla. This is um, Tesla vice president, Lyndon Wright. He mm. said to the South Australian, you know, powers of be, from the day you ask me within 100 days, I can solve all your power problems. Really? Uh, he's basically said that they will commit installing 300 megawatt hours of battery required to prevent the blackouts in South Australia, which will, which basically means that on a 300 megawatt power pack, basically it means that they've got enough to power South Australia for like a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, of backup power. So, uh, yeah, so basically they're saying, look, it's not that hard. It's pretty simple. We've done it before. We can do it again. All it is on the days where you're making more power than you're using, instead of shutting down the, that's a Windows XP, that one, but yes. yeah, <laughs> shutting down the, um, the, at the moment with the wind turbines and stuff like that, once you hit full capacity, they throttle, they lock the turbines off or throttle them down because they're just wasting power, it's got nowhere to go. Mm. So basically the concept is, let's put a massive big battery bank in, yep. so that, you're pretty big, got all power stored up, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you know, four foot fields worth of batteries. It's, it's a huge amount mm. of area, you know. Um, but yeah, they're both like, look, we'll do it for you. And we're not even going to charge you for it until the system's proven itself. Right. And that's incredible. The South Australian government's like, yeah, we'll see. We can fix it. But hasn't, um, <laughs> I, I'm not really across this one, but like, isn't, uh, what are they called? Uh, SAE Power Networks, that, which is like the regulating body. Yeah. Um, Aren't they like a Chinese holding company now? Probably. <laughs> uh, well, the no, owners, the owners, Chung Kung Infrastructure Holdings, they're the majority holder. And I'm just, um, yeah, I just wonder how much of that sort of plays into, of the 12, I think it's 12 groups that sort of basically have a share in South Australia. The majority holder is, what are they called? 
uh, Chung Kong or Chung Kong Infrastructure Holdings, CKI. Uh, I just, yeah, it's just something that's not coming up in the news. It's just like, who's the one who really owns well, the majority holding in this 51% privatized system? That's mm. the thing. The, the private, the, there's, there's a few too. There's, um, well, as you said, there's half a dozen different investors actually, but it's sort of one person blaming the other, but it's not even that. The ones who are currently go, well, look, the infrastructure was broken when we got it. And, you know, so it's sort of this round around the circles thing. Well, it's one thing. One thing that a family member uh, who's uh, was in uh, had that poor polio uh, many moons ago uh, in the Northern Territory was saying the entire base load structure of um, based on current growth is unsustainable. Like within two years, and that that was three years ago. You know what I mean? Like they're they're talking about needing to pump massive, massive amounts of money into our power grid and our infrastructure. To, mm. to be able to to see any more growth um, without having massive power outages. And like that prophecy has been coming true for the last 18 months all over the yeah. place. And yeah, I, it, you just don't see one unified will. And I, I don't know enough about the subject to sort of know what well, will be holding this back. And it's not mm. about green energy. I'm not into, into that. There are great companies like Tesla and there are other great companies around the world who are solving problems in ukraine in parts mm. of russia across europe um within months and yeah. we're just not on that bandwagon no. it really comes down to the, the and it's always a problem it's one of the biggest holdbacks of this country in general there's nobody except responsibility it's everybody else's fault except the person who can do something about it and that's the case whether it's the nbn the pathetic excuse for the nbn whether it's power <laughs> whether it's bad yeah. water so whether it's desalination plants that never get commissioned, whether it's pipelines that never get finished, it all comes down to it. But they said, and they said, and they didn't do it. And that's the problem. Nobody in this country stands up and takes responsibility for their own problem. That's why the post office CEO gets paid out his $5 million or whatever it was. Mm. And that's why the NBN CEO got paid out his X amount of millions for not reaching any of his goals, mind you. And I know because like, you went on the show the last couple of weeks, but we had a whinge about what was the CEO or whatever of the MBN. You going, what? Who, who's going to need a people? The majority of people won't sign up for the hundred gig download or or something similar. Right. So um, who, we're not going to build the infrastructure to take any more than that. So yeah, you know, no one's going to use it anyway. So why 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 aspire <laughs> Look, to these be aren't greater? the exact exact figures? But like the the whole uh, premise of the Labor government when they spoke about the NBN, I mean that was a last minute pennies from heaven win to the millennials um, that, mm. that got Labor across the line. Like Labor's numbers were just absolutely through the floor. And then all of a sudden, everybody gets awesome internet, um, was w- pushed them up like 18 points like that, right? Um, it was costed at $84 billion, right? That was one of the largest infrastructure programs uh, in Australia's history. Yeah. But then they privatized the company yeah. as soon as they got it through. And the last leak of numbers that came out were over $360 billion, right, on on what it actually costs. But it was a privatized company. So freedom of information gives us no look into the real workings of what's being spent and where. I had this guy um, at Telstra telling me about, like, fiber optics, Mm. you know, and just to say to run three hours between um, – it was – where is it? Uh, uh, Melbourne – yeah. fiber optic line one line one line yeah. <laughs> of 1960s technology is it yeah. uh between melbourne and uh Echuca, yeah. victoria would have been 30 odd billion dollars 
of manpower, time, and all of that sort of stuff. That's yeah. what that's for one three and a half hour. So yeah. that whole fiber to the home idea mm. was not only um, fallacious; it was a total lie. It was impossible in any numbers calculated anywhere in a landmass this size to ever happen anyway. And even with the fiber to the node. Mm. We went from $84 billion promise to $360 billion <laughs> promise. Now a privatized company, we can never look at the figures for. Yep. And it comes back to that whole thing. Why don't we have a fast train network? Because it'll take between 30 and 40 years to build. And yep. no current sitting government will it's, get the kudos for doing so. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I think it's the short-sightedness that uh, that will restricts restricts the, uh, the the growth of the, the – the, the dare to dream is uh, is gone. And yeah. we need to we and the money and the money. I mean, where's the money come from? The yeah. money would have to come from China. It is really hard for a, <laughs> a country this size with the the people, the population we have versus the landmass we have to try and do anything outside of the CBD is mm. honestly quite a big task. But there have been options. There was a when the NBN first got announced, there was a, was either a French or a Swiss company. I can't remember French or Italian, sorry. Um, and they they come to the government and said, look. We can run it for under your budget to every house that's currently hooked up to your sewage network. Mm. We will literally float the optic fibers down through the sewage, run them through the pipes. The infrastructure is already there. It takes a few minutes per house and we'll have it rolled out under time, under budget. The Australian government went, no, that's okay. We've got our own ideas, thanks. Yeah, yeah, and look, nice. this is this is the whole thing. I mean, people, you know, without getting into conspiracy zone, literally check it out yourself. You know, um, there are leaks on this everywhere, actual documents on this everywhere. The whole reason for NBN is very much like what happened through um, Europe, France, uh, in France, to England, and all the rest. We have one pipeline now, which basically can uh, filter damn near anything should mm. they decide to use it. Same mm. thing for why everyone within seven weeks in the Western world went from analog to digital. Everybody thought it was about an HD technology. Uh, yeah, once upon a time, we had over 2,800 analog transmitters around the country. Yeah. yeah. Now it goes through one system, right? So, mm. I mean, this stuff, they are control mechanisms. They are, they are um, big companies. Um, you know, if you want to keep government out of it, they're big companies who like Ericsson and like other companies who are involved in this sort of stuff who are able to get contracts with technologies that nobody else can play with. You know, it's like a bloody iPhone, you know, unless you have, or, or any, any Apple device, yeah. unless you've got the tools, mm. nobody no, else no, is touching it. That's why, that's basically what sent BlackBerry broke. Because back yep. four or five years ago, I think it was, was it Saudi Arabia or was it Pakistan? One of those com- countries said, we need access to your devices so mm-hmm. that we can monitor them. And BlackBerry mm-hmm. said no. And given at the time, this particular country, which I can't, I've completely slipped my mind, but this particular country was responsible for like 90% of the BlackBerry sold in the world. That's and BlackBerry right. went, no, our devices are secure. You're not getting access to it. 12 months later, BlackBerry is almost dead. Well, they're the first 768-bit encryption, which allowed three-layer VPNs and PGP direct from the device if you wanted it to. I mean... Um, you know, Apple made a bit of hoo-ha about trying to do that whole base code thing. But at the end of the day, everybody knew Israel had the technology in 2006 yeah, yeah. to one. get into those SDKs. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. But back, back, to this, back to your first thing, the real story about that whole Vault 7 is, is that 
technology we know has been relegated to a few not so nice people is actually now open source. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Open source, iOS, <laughs> open source. Now, uh, yeah. Will, what you got a few quick ones before we finish up? Or you, you... Uh, the only other one that's kind yeah. of relevant. Quickies up your alley. <laughs> um, Telstra has just uh, Telstra has dismissed suggestions of being a good company. No, um, that backers of the FDD LTE like itself could take long-reaching consensus on 5G standards. Um, so basically, I was speaking at the Mobile World Conference in Barcelona last week. It's, why not? And the chief of Japanese, Japanese carrier SoftBank um, claimed operators with TDD LTE 4G networks, which is sort of the high speed part of the 4G network, um, have already advanced faster than the FDD based rivals by bringing 5G precursors with technologies. So basically, what they're saying, and this is the same thing that's they've got kind of happened with Bluetooth 3, uh, Bluetooth version 2.1 or whatever it was, and USB 3 and all these newer um, things. Basically, the technology for 5G hasn't been standardized yet. Um, and so different operators from different parts of the world are doing it in different ways. And so the argument is, well, okay, there has to be a standardization so that some manufacturer can make a phone that's going to work on 5G. It's going to work on 5G everywhere, you know. Yeah. Um, and basically everyone's saying, well, okay, if it's not introduced, how's it going to affect Telstra? Because Telstra's already trialing 5G in some places. Yeah. Um, and, so, and they're saying, well, okay, once the standard comes in, is this going to be an issue? And Telstra's like, no, no, it's fine. We, you know, we're using our own 5G standard and it'll be fine. They're like, no, when the standard comes in, what's yeah. going to happen? They're like, no, no, it's fine. We're using our standard. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're right. That's the same with the the USBs and the power cables. What weren't they going to standardise power cables for everything? Technically, um, according to the um, whoever it is who does the the phones and does powered mobile devices, the FCC or whoever it is, um, all mobile devices, mobile phones must be chargeable <clears throat> with a mini USB. Right. Um, except Apple, who decided, well, no, we're going to use our own connector. And we're going to cop the whatever fine it was, some ludicrous like well, $6,000 or something for whatever the fine well, was. Well, no, we're just going to pay the fines continuously and we're going to use our own port adapters. And the FCC went, yeah, okay. Can't our old mate... <laughs> <laughs> can it, can our old mate make a dongle for that? You know? Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, oh, this fine. is the thing. I, I'm on a 2013 MacBook uh, Pro and I need to upgrade because it's um, for this before I start this show. <laughs> and that new touch bar Mac thing, you know, again, I have that <laughs> much software in yeah. the Apple ecosystem. I kind of need it. Yeah. But the dongle for everything out of that <laughs> USB-C bullshit, yeah. that is terrifying. Yeah, I know. Uh, that you, is terrifying. Have you seen the dongle YouTube video, Luke? Uh, the, the guy that, I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple. Oh my gosh! Um, and it's so true. We'll get Will to send it to you. It's uh, oh, <laughs> that one. Like, yeah, I'll try and find that. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, is that the one that had like the star? The, the and it, like all of these different, you know. No, there was um, a guy. There was a the guy. Clover, the no, it was it was about this guy, and he was uh, it's in an interview <laughs> situation, and he had no yeah. teeth, and he's talking about yep. how Steve Jobs came down and said. What are we going to do? How are we going to increase sales? And he goes, oh, one of the guys mucking around over in the back goes, why don't we we just take everything out of the iPhone and just make dongles for everything? 
but oh you got to see it oh, i i can't do it justice oh, well, you got to see it it's it's yeah it's hilarious no, look, look as a capitalist i think it's a brilliant uh, like uh, you know like uh, in terms of capitalism i think it's brilliant i just it just mm. it is deliberately divisive oh, deliberately yeah. it's gangster it's as gangster <laughs> as it gets well oh, hey you know they, they got the they got the money they got the market for the yeah. minute, yeah. yeah. I don't well, expect yeah, exactly. that to last too much longer. I mean, I mean, they haven't invented anything since, you know, Stevie died. And, that's, and that's right. Um, that's right. I mean, and, and when I say invent, they never invented anything. But uh, w- when we get down to it, um, you know, I bought my dad seven mobile phones, right? Mm. Um, in, in, and his, you know, nickname is Gibbs. Like, he's a paramedic. He can use advanced life support systems, but he, ca- he could give two shits about technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, until I finally got him an iPhone right. and he knew how to operate it simply. And yep. from that to an iPad, yep. he eBays, he emails, Does he messages mean? because, yeah. and you look at, you look at 18 month olds and two year olds who can, who can do that. Like Steve Jobs is yeah. Zen, the classic like mm. his, his, his mushroom taking acid dropping um, <laughs> Zen way of seeing life created something beautiful, but mm. I, I don't think it's sustainable. Um, with these people at the helm <laughs> no i think uh, so let's be honest it's been a long conversation actually down, going down the same pathways that are on this show for a long time and yeah, yeah. we can't well, see the, that's going to happen um and this even this does things that my note four didn't do but the note five for example we had to sign some um pdf documents today to send them back to some suppliers yeah and Al, my boss, he's got an iPhone. So he's downloaded all these PDFs and he's signed them all and he's going to rescan them. I'm like, dude, just email them to me. So email them to me. Took the stylus out, signed them all on the screen, send them back. Like, uh, you know, like yes, just yes. Well, we have the Apple Pencil. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why well, just use no, your finger? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, look at We've got a thing called copy and paste. In 2009, 2010, as I said, up until that date, creatives, video, audio, um, did not have ASIO driver stability. You did not have the things that you needed to run 120. Like Hans Zimmer would never, 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 never have used anything but an Apple back Mm. then, right? Because the lockdown system created uh, an amazing, an amazing experience for stability. Yeah. And look, I'm a fan of that, to be honest. I like it. Apple stopped support, and this is this is where, this is where Apple dropped the ball. They stopped supporting their Mac Pro users until uh, yeah. 2010 or 2011. They didn't have another upgrade. Mm, so Disney, Pixar, Industrial Light and Magic, and a couple of other companies pulled hundreds of millions of dollars out of that pocket uh, mm. between 2011 and 2012, and threw it at Adobe and other developers. Right. Mm. So as of about 2013. It doesn't matter anymore in video or audio what you use. There are mm. options that are as stable mm. or either. So mm. until, you know, when people say, oh, so I need to go buy a Mac um, uh, as of 20, you know, for the last four years, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, Personas, Cubase, which has always been brilliant, um, and all, all ASIO driver stability, Adobe Premiere, like all of these things are on par with anything Apple's ever been able to invent. So that's um, mm. that's state of the union. Yeah, look, I do. Look, I've got an iPhone, and I do like the iPhone, the, well, the iOS ecosystem. Uh, mm. Look, I, look, I do know. I, I can empathise with Will there. You know, I, you'd want to tinker with things, and you want to do different yep. things, and blah blah blah. But you know, at the end of the day, but I'm thinking about getting the 3310 when they come back out as well. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you have to. It's 
it's just a rule. Everyone's going to have to get one of those. <laughs> I might have a couple I'm in my sure. jaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, one of my customers actually has one of the original ones, and he still uses it. He buys a battery for it every couple of years. Yeah, right. It. Does it still work? Um, yeah, yeah, it still works perfectly fine. Yeah. What I was going to say, though, like I, as much as I love Android, I hate it for the same reasons I love it, because it's open source, because every developer gets their mitts on it, because every device and every phone and every brand has their own take on what it should be. Mm. You can't pick up a Samsung and then go and pick up a HTC, then go and pick up a Google phone, then go and pick up every single experience is different. And that is the biggest reason that Android is still struggling. I mean, it's not struggling for traction. It's hundred. It's amount of users is ridiculous but that's the biggest reason people still go oh i prefer my iphone because they can pick up any ios device mm. and use it as every other ios device yeah and i think that that's where i like to be like i can't you know you want to if you you want a phone you just need it to work you just don't you don't want to be stuffing around while you're trying to do things and whatever like i pick it up it works it's a phone it's the internet it's it's well, people ask me all the time they say so what's the difference between apple and, and pc i say nothing and everything it's it's like the the reality is uh everything that you can do on one you can do on the other except never buy a mac for gaming um no. because <laughs> you you'll it'll get up to 140 degrees celsius no problem um it's it's <laughs> if, but, if you can buy the, a game the, for it yeah. Well, if you can get boot camp successfully oh, working, unlike yeah. the other day and run it as a Windows 7 machine. Yeah, but like the reality is uh, the, the whole drivers thing is you have always one piece That's of right. hardware, That's right. one team of experts working around drivers for that one thing all the time. When you get into the Android or the Windows ecosystem, mm. yep. you've got an infinite number of pieces of hardware and an infinite number of blanket umbrella drivers over the top of them. And like with every Android phone I try and love when I buy it, within three, four months, you got to format it and go again, you know, just to keep yeah. it smooth and sexy. And I think that's I think that's where Windows gets a lot of flack, isn't it? Like they, you know, your computer yeah. will blue screen or something, and you go, ah, bloody Windows, they're useless. But it's well, not yeah. that. It's, it's probably a, a, a peripheral you got inside it that you know the driver's wigged out on it because oh, that's Ching, right. Ching Chong Ho hasn't crossed his eyes and semicolon these T's. Oh, whatever. As, an, as an example, I've got four different devices in front of me. I've got my Note 5, well, I've got my Note 3 over there that I can't quite reach. I've got the Samsung Galaxy Tab 2 and the Samsung Galaxy Tab 3, I think. And we've got yep. a Tab 4 inside and a Note 4. And every single one of these devices has a different operating system variant on it and has a different feel about it. Mm. So even within the same architecture and the same infrastructure, they're still different. Mm. All right. Well, I think it really does. That's my biggest gripe about it. And if they can get over that, well, that's their biggest hurdle. But well, I think that's oh, well. Awesome. Oh. well, I think we, we, we better leave it there. Great, but it can also be an issue. He wants well, to go to bed. Well, stop. <laughs> stop. Uh, Enough. Let's, should know better. Let's let's leave it there. And on, on one last note, talking about different devices, uh, Google has killed off the Pixel, if uh, the the notebook. So if anyone, if, ah, <laughs> anyone. <laughs> Anyone thinking about buying a Pixel notebook, don't. They're gone. They're finished. They've killed that off, but there's been three other manufacturers bringing out very Chromebooks. similar variations of. Yeah. Yeah. So the Chromebooks aren't dead. The Pixel might be, but there are there are plenty of successful Chromebooks still. No, they've, they've said, Google said that the Chrome OS, uh, they're not ditching that. That's got the, has the second largest market share in the UK and the US and high quality devices like the oh, HP wow. Chromebook. Uh, 14 have proven that Chromebooks no longer need to be an unimpressive substitute for Windows laptops. So uh, they yeah. seem to go all right. Well, but, I've got a, 
um, a, a window, it was a Windows tablet over on my workbench over there. You can't see it, it was a, a nine inch Windows tablet. And that now runs Chrome OS and it runs Chrome OS 10 times faster than ever on Windows. Mm. Now, Luke, where can people find you if they so wish to uh, look you up? <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing. You can get me on Twitter at Luke Isaac, L-U-K-E-I-Z-A-A-K, as you can see in the thing there. Um, at this point, uh, the website, thatguy.media, won't be launched until the middle of uh, April. So um, yeah, I don't really want to announce that too much at this point, but yeah, yeah check out, check out at Luke Isaac uh, on Twitter and you'll see some rolling updates. Right. And can we hear your music anyway? Nope. <laughs> no. Can we okay, so towards, the, towards the end of the year, towards <laughs> the end of the year, you found some, did you? Right. Uh, towards the end of the year. Um, uh, yeah. I'll be doing uh, first piece back in, in uh, five years. So right, uh, nice. first, first of my own under my own moniker so yep. yeah sweet well, good stuff All check right. out the twitter man yep. thanks thank you for having me on it's been fun this no is worries. my first uh experiment with this hardware so good stuff well thanks for coming on and uh giving us your insightful uh deliberations on the various topics this week it's been very good <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks will thanks for coming in well no worries, uh, hope to see you again soon all right. Thanks again, uh, Luke. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, mate. And uh, Take we'll, care. we'll see you next week, too. Thank you. And good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.